Hey, Curtis, what do you hey, got Oz. for us this week? This week, we got The Good Son meets uh-huh. Charles Darwin's book on the origin of species meets <laughs> Eric Cartman, ma'am. <laughs> this week's movie, She's the Bad Seed. <laughs> We don't even need intro music. No. Yeah, this is definitely an Eric. She's definitely Eric Cartman. Oh, yeah. Definitely Eric Cartman. Only. Who's the prettiest mom? I've got the sweetest mom. So, what do you give me for a basket of kisses? And I'm like, uh. Very very much so. And it's like, and mom certainly plays it up like Cartman's mom. It's okay. We'll hide this. Minus Mm -hmm. minus all the extra, you know, extra bed friends. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, minus that part. (laughs) Minus that part. So uh welcome to another week of Let's Talk About Flicks. A weekly podcast where we take a monthly theme and go back and forth bringing movies that satisfy the theme. I am one of your hosts, Oz. And I'm Curtis. And we are here with episode 24, The Bad Seed, Curtis's movie to bring to the show this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we roll into characters, I want to throw out a shout out to our Patreon subscribers, Melissa L. and Don S. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can always catch us on Patreon.com probably i don't know search for let's talk about flicks you can also find the link down in the description of the podcast or the youtube video however you're consuming this masterpiece of art um, masterpiece. <laughs> masterpiece masterpiece theater <laughs> <laughs> i just i i've got a down payment on a harpsichord i'm gonna redo our intro music with, with a harpsichord to fit our on masterpiece theater theater so. Uh, the bad seed. What is it, 1956? 56. Yeah, 56. We, we're dialing it back for this one. Oh yeah. Yes, we are. We went back in time again. This month's theme is creepy children in movies, and this is probably even for 1956, probably one of the first creepy kids, bad kids yeah. in a movie. Um, you know, with all the different, uh, I won't call it academy, but all the different taboo subjects oh, back yeah. in early film days mm-hmm. uh you just didn't have malicious children and so this is uh they're all sweet is, angels right and in a in a studio film like this is directed by mervyn Leroy, who was uh, a you know producer of wizard of oz like he did you know this was this was not not that there was independent film necessarily back <laughs> in this era but gritty this pub was, fiction <laughs> right yeah put out by the 50s version of trauma films uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but no this is uh i mean it's had studio backing this you know it was it was a production and uh and and a good one at that uh, a mm-hmm. good movie so let's let's get into our characters um I'll let you elaborate a little bit more on the foundation of the film, but to get into our characters, there's a a chunk of characters, not a lot of extra. We start with the Penmark family. <laughs> As opposed to Chunk from Goonies. Right, yeah, he's in this movie. <laughs> uh, he's got a minor part. Yeah, he's uh, there. 
Yeah. And uh, so we got the Penmark family led by Colonel Kenneth Penmark, the father, and Christine Penmark, the mother, and their wonderful, perfect little daughter, Rhoda Penmark. Mama, me, mama. <laughs> I have the prettiest mother. <laughs> She's eight years old. And you know what? Always keeps her room. It's just the measure of perfection. Yeah. Everybody. What a curtsy she has. She's got the best curtsy. Oh, the best curtsy in Mrs. Fern's class. Or Fern's <laughs> school of witchcraft and wizardry. Or... <laughs> school of hard knocks. <laughs> right. Fern's <laughs> school of hard knocks. Uh, and and so, yeah. And, and she is. She's, you know, the very beginning of the movie. She's a perfect little kid. Uh, we also have um, the landlady lives upstairs. Monica, or as we call her, Aunt Monica, who... Um, she, she, she plays. She's the she worst, plays, is what she is. She plays the Anthony Hopkins role of this movie of of like, oh, you you take Anthony Hopkins from <laughs> any movie we've done with Anthony Hopkins, yeah. and you mix it with the amplifier and Spinal Tap, <laughs> and you've got Monica's performance, Elvin or Elvin Varden. Uh, yep. <laughs> She uh, she wasn't leaving anything to the imagination. She was bringing it all to the table. Um, we also have the groundskeeper slash custodian of Monica's apartment complex, Leroy or mm-hmm. Leroy or Le- however Le- they Leroy. Leroy, like like, who... like Lacroix <laughs> or Lacrosse. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, his he's his own best friend. He's like he's like Barf. <laughs> he really loves talking to himself. <laughs> he does. That's self monologue. Yeah, uh, bit parts here. We've got Miss Fern. She's the school's headmistress at Fern mm-hmm. School of Head Mystery. Um, you know, and then we, we've we got mention of Claude Daigle. Uh, yes. We don't actually have him in the cast, but we do see his parents, Hortense and Henry Daigle. <laughs> That's a great name, <laughs> Hortense. Hortense, who on a couple of occasions crawls out of the bottle to be in our show. Yeah, uh, you're also, not wrong. She also comes from the Ele- Evelyn Varden School of Acting, where <laughs> I'm leaving nothing to be desired. And then, really, in my you know my views, a, a couple of extras. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Tasker, who's a, kind of a crime author, uh, specializing in like like murder or whatever. And then Richard Bravo, who is Christine's father, <laughs> and all <laughs> Richard Bravo. I love that uh, name. I do too. It sounds like someone's like like CB call sign. <laughs> this is Richard Bravo. I got some smokies up ahead. <laughs> and uh, he is Christine's father slash apparently like the godfather of crime fiction. I don't know. Yeah. Um, or or that's, is that's, or is he Christine? Dun dun dun. Right. Uh, so that's where we're at in this. Is like I said, there's you know it's a healthy a healthy cast, but. Hmm? They all play a, a role, so it's. Um, I didn't. I don't think I mentioned anybody that's kind of. The, nobody's an extra. Everybody's got a part. So yep, that's it. That is our. That's that's the front page of the playbill. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, and I'll let you take over the plot. Well, and speaking of the playbill, this movie was first uh, written as a play, and yeah. you could tell right away because there's only a couple locations. I yeah. think, with the exception of the sidewalk scene, everything was probably shot in a in a studio. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, it's it's definitely a play that they just yeah. happen to kind of film one day. So, and yeah, so we we open up on uh, on a little foreshadowing. We get a, a quick opening shot of a dock on a pond. Yeah, 
And then the camera pans over to the town, and we see a, a, a military officer pull up to a house in a car. And uh, a, a gentleman inside, Colonel Penmark, says he'll be right out. He's in his military garb. He's got to go serve again, Oz. Yeah, I know. But luckily, before he goes, he's got a basket of kisses to give someone. Uh-huh. To give to <laughs> Rhoda. We get introduced yeah. to Rhoda. She's playing the piano. Oh, yeah, what a is. what a sweetheart oh, she is, Oz. Just a perfect angel. Nothing could go wrong. No. There's nothing wrong with this child. Whatever. No. She's not a bad seed at all. No. How, she's how good, dare. She's a good seed. How dare you even bring that up? <laughs> uh, we get we get introduced to the landlady, Monica, who... Oh, man. Oh. I just... <laughs> Melissa just just kept telling Melissa L. By the way, Patreon subscriber yeah. Melissa L. Yeah, that's <laughs> one of the other that's one of the other perks of being a Patreon subscriber is you get to come to our home and watch movies. Yeah, with us. <laughs> red carpet treatment. Uh huh. We roll, we roll it out legs. for you. So Melissa L. is telling me like this lady's got a case of punch face. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Just, I would oh. rather Cosmo Kramer come bursting through my door. Than- then Monica. Then, then Monica the landlady. Oh, oh, she's the worst. Oh, she is. She walks in and and oh god, and she's got gifts for Rhoda and oh, just yeah. just compliments. And you know, Rhoda is very kind of presumptuous and entitled. She you kind of get the impression pretty early on that she thinks she deserves this praise from Monica and she deserves yeah. this attention and she deserves these gifts. So Kenneth's got to leave. He's got to go serve his country. So Chris, right. Christine, the mom, walks him out, and they kiss goodbye. And yeah, she walks yeah. back in. We get some. We get some evil music as, as Christine oh. walks back in the house. <laughs> I don't think I even noticed it, but go ahead. Yeah, we get we get some some evil music there. Back in the home, uh, Monica's just given Rhoda a pair of fancy sunglasses and a, and a beautiful heart pendant necklace. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Rhoda asks Monica for more. Because, of course, right. that's just not enough for Rhoda. Mom, I'm scolder, but Monica continues to dote. Oh, Aunt yes. Monica. Oh, Aunt Monica. Yep. Uh, Wish I had well, an Aunt and, Monica and, to come dote on me. Right. Well, in all fairness, like, Rhoda is an eight-year-old only child. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how so, eight-year-old only children, especially ones that you constantly, even, even Christine's, you know, at the fault here of, like, she's constantly... Uh, Never have to remind Rhoda of anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I've had, uh, they, uh, they remind the relationships with Rhoda in this movie early on, especially remind me of. Of course, I'm leaving names out, but I would have parent-teacher conferences, and there were a couple different sets of parents that they knew their kid was a good kid, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but but then they would they would go overboard like every year they would show up. At, parent-teacher conferences and they'd come in I'm like all right lay it on us how awful is our kid <laughs> yeah and it's like you know and of course you just like i sit there and i'm like oh come on you're my you're my 18th parent-teacher conference of the day like mm-hmm. you know your kid is fine you don't have to be here <laughs> like, yeah you know and granted you know good for you for you know raising a good kid but um there's one thing i don't know i just, one thing I guess from my parenting mind of like, if you're constantly telling your kid how perfect and great they are, you know, honor, you know, pay attention to how hard they're working or something like that, because, you know, that stuff is motivating, but it's like, 
Never have to tell her to clean a room because she's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the value of hard work in the process versus the end result there. Yes, yes. Yep. So uh, we get introduced to Leroy, the handyman. By the way, he stops yeah. by and lets himself in. It's like he works for the Red Cross. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a pre precursor to last week's movie. So Yeah. He just yeah, lets himself he, in. You're a custodian in the U.S., but you're a Red Cross employee <laughs> in, Aus- in Austria. It's cr- it's no pun intended. It's cross training. You know, it's it's just a similar tra- 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 training model they use for both yeah. the Red Cross and for for local handyman. Right. You know, if he if he survives to that point, <laughs> it is 56. The life expectancy is low. <laughs> We we get uh, introduced to a little bit of tension between Rhoda and Leroy. Oh yeah, he's yeah. beneath her. She knows he's beneath her, mm-hmm. and 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 he just he loves to antagonize her because I oh, think yeah. he see he sees right through it, mm-hmm. and you know, and she realizing that hey, you could say whatever you want, and I'm gonna say whatever I want because nobody is gonna believe what you say about me because yep. I'm perfect, little Rhoda, yeah. and. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's nasty to him. Oh, yeah. Well, and he's nasty to her too. So, like, oh, it, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It goes both ways, and you get the impression they, personality-wise, they have a yeah. lot in common. Yes, they, they just, are very similar. Yeah, they just had different spoons in their mouth when they were born. <laughs> well put. So yeah. So yeah. Rhoda presents as this kind of girly girl, dresses pigtails. You know, as, as they cr- literally cross paths, she bumps into Leroy, and Rhoda gives him a very dirty look. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so which, yeah, she's just a nasty little eight-year-old girl that's got you know the people whose opinion she cares about. She's got them buffaloed yeah. because it, you know they're well, they're getting ready to go to a picnic, and even even Monica's like, "Don't you're going to a picnic? Shouldn't you have on jeans and whatnot?" And she's like, "Oh no, I don't. I'm a I'm a." I'm a little princess mm-hmm. girl. I don't wear jeans. I wear dresses and I curtsy. And... Yeah. Rhoda reminds me a lot about, and this is going to be a weird analogy. She reminds me a lot of like gang members in a way in mm-hmm. that they, in that the, the, the smart and savvy ones know how to talk with adults. Like, oh yeah. They, 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 they know how to talk the talk. They know how to walk mm-hmm. the walk. They know who to butter up. They know who to build right. these, these kind of phony relationships with. Whereas the kids who who don't who kind of pretend or don't have those affiliations are the ones who just wear it all on their sleeves. Yeah, yeah, they can they can chameleon themselves between mm-hmm. the social networks that they need to be in. Yeah, um, and and she's even at eight years old, um, she's good at it. Oh yeah, she's uh, very good at it. She's got yeah. it down to a to a science. It also helps that everybody that whose opinion she cares about is just a bumbling idiot. So yeah. <laughs> Speaking of bumbling idiots, Monica, <laughs> she, she 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 says that she knows Rhoda's disappointed that Claude Daigle won the penmanship medal in school from Miss Fern, and that's why Monica brought Rhoda the gifts. It must have been big news in town because yeah, why you would know? the land <laughs> why would the landlady care? Let alone know about like oh I hear the penmanship medal's been handed out at, at Fern School of Exceptional Students. Like, it's like Charles Xavier School of Gifted I, Youngsters. Right, that's uh, gifted youngsters. Yeah. That's what it was. I knew it wasn't exceptional students, but I was drawing a blank. Yeah, but Rhoda, Rhoda's she's certainly a mutant, but not yeah. Charles Xavier worthy. Yeah. yeah, she's she's her mutant power is she was born without empathy. Right. Yeah, she's more of a toad. 
It's <laughs> true. She is. She's very, very toad-like. <laughs> and by the way, uh, Rhoda was played by Ray Park. Yes. Movie, yeah. so. <laughs> Great special effects too, by the way. <laughs> not Ray. Not Ray Parker Jr. No, not Ray Parker. No, not Ghostbusters. Yeah. Ray, Darth Ray, Maul this, himself. The same. Yeah, the same Ray Park who was also Darth Maul and and the right. headless horseman from Sleepy and the Hollow. headless horseman in Sleepy mm-hmm. Hollow. Not yeah. the Christopher Walken headed headless horseman, but yeah. the you know <laughs> parkour off my horse headless horseman. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I think Rhoda, I think parkour. <laughs> And headless horseman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although so, thinking yeah, of Rhoda and thinking, yeah, thinking of Rhoda and thinking of Darth Maul aren't too far apart, though. Yeah, yeah, you're not too far apart. You just you know, get, just need to throw a double bladed lightsaber in there and some yeah. Duel of the Fates music, and there you go. Yeah, or or a match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Rhoda's very upset at, at the the talk of of her not winning the penmanship. Oh yeah. Award. You know she's she's talk she talks very sternly. She looks very angry. Hard. She's stomping very her feet. to contain it. Yeah. yeah, she's screaming about it. Uh huh. She goes outside and Leroy's out there, and I think he's like watering the flowers or something. And, <laughs> yeah, and, this is great. And he accidentally sprays her feet. Uh-huh. I think. I think the first <laughs> the first time I'm not sure it might have been an accident, but then he did it. He it does was. it again. No, you don't no, think so. No, he no. He totally turns that thing 90 degrees and sprays her feet coming down the <laughs> stairs, but just quick enough and pulls it back to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then he oh. does it again. Yeah. <laughs> He called me Mr. Butterfinger. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I love Emo Phillips. Oh, yeah. I think that's the second time I've used that reference point and the second time you've called Emo Phillips on it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So Rhoda and Monica accuse him of doing it on purpose, and Christine's like, no, it's just an accident. Monica yeah. threatens to fire Leroy. Oh, yeah, it. yeah. Oh, if he didn't have a family at home to feed, then, you know, she's just like, <laughs> that's how high regard... Monica holds, you know, Rhoda. And Mm -hmm. I think it's also important to know that Monica is older. Monica is single. And I don't know if Monica's had any children. They, I don't think they explicitly state it, but I think you can infer that she, she does not have children of her own. Right. So she, you know, a lot of, you know, vicarious living through Rhoda. Through little perfect Rhoda. Uh, we end the scene with Leroy narrating to himself that he's he might he might try to make a move on Christine and he might as well have just done this with his yeah, fingers or like tw- twiddle his mustache. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he who again we have established that he has a family at home, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's all like Colonel Pedbark's out of town. And, <laughs> 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 So, uh, mm. yeah. <laughs> the wolf will come and play. That's right. Christine is lonely. <laughs> and Leroy. Not that lonely, Leroy. <laughs> uh, we we cut to the next scene, and Mom and Rhoda are walking to a park. Uh, I think not too far away from where they live, and uh, Miss Fern is there. So apparently, it's it's the class picnic, correct? Yeah, I yes, think so. Class yeah. picnic. And uh, there, there's that same dock that we saw from the opening shot of the film, mm-hmm. right by the water there. Uh, a little foreshadowing, another girl is scolded for getting cl- too close to the water and, and to the yes. boathouse. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Right, you stay away from them. Which, you know, good for those kids that are, like, actually policing and doing the job they're supposed to be doing. I just mm-hmm. imagine doing some sort of field trip like that, like, now with this, like, this generation's group of kids. And it's like... <laughs> Hey, stop. Don't. <laughs> Stay away from the water. 
I'm going to put this on TikTok when that kid fell in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Miss, Miss Fern is there prepping the picnic. And uh, Mom talks to Miss Fern for a little bit about Rhoda. Is Trying she all, to, yeah. Is, is she always this perfect with you <laughs> as she is right. with me? And you get the you get the feeling Miss Fern is trying to duck the conversation. Yeah, Ms. yeah. She keeps referring to like I got to get this picnic set up, mm-hmm. and Mom just chases her around. But is my daughter really as great as she is? Like, I mean, you could sense Mom's almost like there's no way she's like she's you know dialed to this level all the time. Mm-hmm. Does she have friends? Yeah, I mean, Mom even asks, "Do the other children like her?" Right. And again, Fern just keeps ducking it. Yeah. And, and eventually, I think Mom gets the point and leaves. Right. Uh, we cut to Christine, Monica, and Emery. Yeah, whoever. I'm not going to spend much yeah. time on this. This was a, no. probably kind of an unnecessary scene. Yeah. There, yep. the ca- there's a little character stuff here. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And some little plot seeds, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. So they're having lunch together. Monica's talking about knowing Sigmund Freud and about <laughs> right. talking about some nurse who killed people. Christine just says, I think I'm adopted. Which is like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she, she's definitely tested the, you know, took a barometer of the room and been like, yeah, I think this is a good time to slide this in. Yeah, I, I, I think <laughs> I I'm know adopted. I Sigmund Freud. Well, for us all sharing facts about ourselves, mm-hmm. I think I'm adopted. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was awkward. <laughs> yeah. It was like, okay. Yeah. Christine has like an aversion to violence also like like she's a yeah. very kind of pacifist um I, I even pick up like on some avoidance with her as well um the, uh, and then Monica's doing her like armchair therapist thing because she's an expert oh god Monica ugh that Monica yeah I have a feeling is she gonna show up again later <laughs> I hope so I can't get enough Monica ugh uh, so they turn the radio on, and the radio says a student at Miss Fern's school has drowned in the pond, and that there was bruising on the on the body and hands. And it turns right. out it was Claude Daigle. Claude Daigle. It, we don't know that yet. Because, and this part cracked me up. The name of the child is has not yet been identified, as the parents have yet to be notified. Like, hold on a second. Hold on. Kid drowns. Kid falls off a pier and drowns at the school picnic. And the first thing you do is call the radio station? Yeah. (laughs) Well, we can't share the name of the child because we haven't yet contacted the parent. (laughs) Like, what? Like, every... And, and, you know, Christine has a a proper reaction. Every parent listening to the radio right now should be flipping out and be like, wait a second, my kid was at that picnic. Uh Uh-huh. You know? This is Uh, how I'm hearing about it? (laughs) Exactly. That's... I had that as my original, huh, and I changed it. But it was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Why was the radio station notified of this before the parents were notified? <laughs> well, I think I that just... goes back to your your TikTok statement. I mean, I gotta, <laughs> right, exactly. I gotta, I gotta, daddy's got to line these pockets. <laughs> <laughs> right. The bad seed, it took a few generations, but it kicked off today's social media frenzy. It, it all traces is... back to the bad seed. <laughs> news is news, so... Uh, yeah, I, I was a little dumbstruck by that. Like, hold yeah. on, you haven't. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, we are we do soon realize that it is Claude Daigle. Claude the, Daigle, <laughs> the recent recipient of Best Penmanship Award mm. at Miss Fern's School of Hard, hard Knocks, hard knocks. <laughs> for hard gifted knocks. youngsters, <laughs> <laughs> right? Witchcraft and gifted youngsters. Yeah. 
So Rhoda gets back from school on the bus, and she's very matter-of-fact. Uh, I, I pulled a quote here. We didn't have our picnic. Cloud, Cloud Daigle was drowned. <laughs> Just cold. Yeah, like, no emotion. Oh, hey, Mom. No How sympathy. was your day? Nah. Cloud Daigle died. Whatever. Well, Cloud Daigle can drowned. I, can I have a peanut butter sandwich? Yeah, yeah, that's the next thing. Can I have a peanut butter sandwich? And, and, and Christine's a little, Christine's a little like, uh, are you gonna be a little more sensitive about this? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but Rhoda was excited for the sandwich. I mean, right. my mom must merely make a good, a good peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> it's it's she, a main one. She probably uses Jif. I as Skippy or Jif, one of the two. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so Christine asks, asks Rhoda like if she's been basically if she's been traumatized. And Rhoda's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't feel any way at all. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm no eight. red, no red flags there. No, no, there are no red flags because this is a black and white movie. So, well, literally, yeah. You, it's no, <laughs> no, no gray flags there. <laughs> this is this isn't Schindler's List where we only see red once. This is <laughs> twice, I guess. This is, yeah. This is this is a black and white movie with no color. There, of course, there's no red flags. So Christine asks Rhoda if she's been naughty, and Rhoda says, "Why no, mother? Are you not? I have the sweetest mother. <laughs> I have the sweetest mother, mama, me, mama. <laughs> I've got the prettiest mother." Like <laughs> Christine's like, "Okay, I mean, she falls for it every time." Yeah, what a dope. Rhoda ends up outside because she put her roller skates on as she was telling mom yeah. that her classmate drowned. <laughs> right, I got it. Gotta go make the rounds. Yep. Skates aren't gonna skate themselves. <laughs> right. So, Leroy's out there and he confronts yeah. her why she's not upset. And, and Rhoda, in a very kind of relaxed, or, or in a, you know, like a, she kind of like lowers yeah. her voice when she talks. Yeah. Because it's like her letting her guard down. She lowers right. her voice. Right. Because she I, knows that no yeah. one's gonna believe anything he says. Yeah. Why should I feel sorry? It was Claude Daigle that drowned, not me. Right. And she skates away. <laughs> right. Yeah, and he just goes like he. If you haven't, spoiler alert. <laughs> I think sometimes 19th, I think sometimes I think that should be the alternate name of of this podcast. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Featuring Oz and Curtis. <laughs> right. Peeling back the onion with Oz yep. and Curtis. Uh, but uh, you know, like Leroy goes, he just basically lists the plot out right there. Like, yeah. Oh, I bet it was you that pushed that boy off the dock because he won the penmanship award. And she's like, yeah, I'm a, you know. That penmanship you know, award, everybody knows yeah, about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the talk of the town. And now and now it's like a vacate it's like a vacated title. <laughs> <laughs> Claude Daigle dropped the title when he when he perished, so it's up for grabs. They're gonna have to I did have... read I did read in the trivia that in the stage play of this Mm-hmm. It was not uh, a penmanship award. It was like most improved penmanship. Mm. And because Rhoda has always had great, nearly perfect penmanship, there there was really no ah. way she could have won the award. Sure. She's and not so eligible for it. She's not eligible for it. And so she's and so in this, you know, and I, I like that. I don't know why they changed it for the movie, but I do like that because then it hinges on, you know, like she's pining for a award that she wasn't even in contention for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess if anything, at least with this changing it to the penmanship award, it makes it, it gives a little bit more mystery to whether or not she actually is guilty. Um, but it's like, no, she, in the, in the original play, she, there was no, it was most improved. 
So she wasn't going to win anyway. You know what I'm curious about, Oz? I want to uh, I want to see her penmanship skills. I you do nev- too. You never see it, and I want to see no. Claude Daigle's because, like, how how good is this penmanship? <laughs> I yeah, I would have been. I I easily would have been on board with a take out that scene of them all sitting around announcing they've met Freud and and whatever, and yeah. replace that with the judging of the penmanship, and I would have been. Oh yeah. All over it. <laughs> it I love my movies mind, about handwriting. In my mind, Claude Daigle is there with like a feather-tipped like like ink pen. And, <laughs> right. and, is that a quill? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Rhoda's got one of those oversized crayons that she has her entire hand around, and she's like Either scribbling. That, like like her elbow is the hinge point. Cause like. <laughs> Either that, or she's got one of those pens with like the four different colors in them. Yeah. <laughs> And they're competing at the Miss Fern School for kids who can't read good. <laughs> She's holding the pen with both hands. Like. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like uh, you know, like Pee Wee Herman's toothbrush and Pee Wee's yeah. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Like it's just this giant novelty thing. And, and Claude Daigle's got a monocle. And yeah, he's got, he's got leather patches on his elbows. Like he yeah. deserves it. Yeah, he dresses the part he's certainly. A, he's a forty-seven-year-old man, Claude Daigle. <laughs> Oh, let's see. Christine puts Rhoda to bed, whatever. The next day, Miss Fern comes over. And yeah. Rhoda's practicing on the piano, just like any good little girl does, Oz. <laughs> Perfect girl. And Miss Fern, you know, she's talking with Christine. Um, and she said she just vi- visited with Mrs. Mrs. Daigle. And <laughs> I love Mrs. Daigle. <laughs> Mrs. Daigle it was, is curious. Again, this is Miss Fern talking. You know, mm. But she's curious, what happened to the penmanship medal? Right of everything it's... that happened, where is it? And right. Mrs. Daigle has some kind of inkling. Some something is telling her that it's connected to the Penmark residence. Right. Hmm. Yeah. So Rhoda comes in, curtsies to Miss Fern, and then goes outside to read. Very right. polite with Miss Fern. Yes. Oh, overly polite. And I notice that uh, Miss Fern looks haunted when she sees mm-hmm. Rhoda come in. You know, like, like she just, she looks, I mean, as much as you can in a black and white movie, I get the impression that, like, she, you know, she goes pale at the sight of Rhoda. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah, because she's just a terrible kid. But just so manipulative and conniving. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. that, you know, that it's one of those that she probably does so many nefarious things at school, but is so slick that they just mm-hmm. can't pin it on her. Unlike the penmanship award on Claude Daigle, who apparently wore it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'd wear it. That'd be on my. I, I would. It, I would only wear shirts with lapels just so I could wear. Yeah. Them. I would have asked for a larger one. Like again, making a wrestling connection, sling it over my shoulder, <laughs> just parade around <laughs> with that thing. It's my penmanship award. <laughs> then I won at WrestleMania four when the title was vacated. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it spins a la Cena. <laughs> I beat Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for this. Right. This isn't the Intercontinental Penmanship Award. No, yeah, this is a world penmanship award. Yeah, so I'm not part of the tag team penmanship. <laughs> the, 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 t- the TV title. <laughs> right? This isn't the European title. Of no, there's no, there's no cruiserweight penmanship title. <laughs> The million dollar penmanship title. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do I look like, Virgil? <laughs> no, this is the universal title. Yes. I have the best penmanship in the universe. <laughs> 
Claude Daigle. Yep. Oh, Claude Daigle. So his parents were so proud. <laughs> well, so Rhoda leaves, and Miss Miss Fern again. She's talking with with Christine in, in Christine's home in the in the Penmark home, and she says, mm-hmm. you know, Rhoda was the last person to see the Daigle boy alive, and that morning. Rhoda was following Claude around trying to take his medal, and she was very upset. And they even a lifeguard even spotted Rhoda walking away from the, from the wharf. And Miss Fern thinks that Rhoda knows something, like the Star huh. Trek guy, huh? Yeah, S- Star Trek. <laughs> wharf was at this picnic. Yeah, Wharf was there. <laughs> he was there. <laughs> Trying to trying to whittle down his his I don't know his face bumps I don't, I don't know yeah I guess whatever that's probably what it was Claude Diggle tripped over his forehead and <laughs> fell it wasn't Rhoda's fault Wharf was there on the wrong kid literally wrong kid died <laughs> wrong kid died <laughs> there, there's a our requisite yeah. we, weekly reference to yeah. to walk hard <laughs> it's all right though we got some comeuppance yeah well well at this time it was you know early walk hard and this were set at the same time this was around the same time it's true as as the, as, as the 14 year old performance it's probably 14 year old dewey cox was the lifeguard that spotted her <laughs> he lost his smell so he you know he couldn't pin it whether it was her or not but you know, may, you know maybe he, he... i think rhoda played uh the that was actually uh krista wiggs character was based on rhoda i think it was, she I'm, was I'm dewey's eight-year-old girlfriend <laughs> So uh, Christine, you know, she says she'll question Rhoda, and Miss Fern infers that Rhoda will lie, which doesn't sit oh, yeah. well with Christine. I, I can imagine no. as a parent, that, yeah, would, yeah. that wouldn't sit well. No, Yeah, I could definitely see that. Like, ex- excuse me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You call my kid a liar? And Miss <laughs> yeah. Fern just says, yeah, basically, Miss Fern says Rhoda is not invited back to the school next year due to the matter of the medal. Right. And, and she even says that Rhoda doesn't have a sense of fair play and is a poor loser. So these these are, these are the kind of the things that I think she was trying to avoid telling Christine earlier. Yes, yes. But yeah, Miss Fern but just now, comes right out and you says know, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now the you know got to face the music, and she comes off very like like the like the assistant principal or principal at the school that Uncle Buck's nieces and nephew niece and nephew <laughs> go to. Like, <laughs> You know, that's just, I'm just going to tell you, you know, the truth about your, about your kid and you're not going to like it, but it's the truth. And of course, Christine's in no position. She's got a little, I won't call it suspicion, but like you said, you know, Rhoda's given some red flags just on how she's handled this whole, you know, this post-traumatic issue and Mm -hmm. she just so blatantly disregards it. Um, you know, but Christine's still not ready to listen and, and understand this about her own kid. Yeah. So while uh, while Miss Fern is there, the doorbell rings, and uh, who stumbles in? Oz. Oh, Hortense Daigle. Hortense. And her husband Henry. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's the, there the also. Yeah. yeah. That's that's kind of him. Like he's there. Yeah. <laughs> Which is okay because she is so there oh, that yeah. I think if you take her 180 percent and his. 20% and mm-hmm. put them together and you've got two competent performances. <laughs> well, Mrs. Daigle even walks in and the first thing she does is insult her husband. She right. says that, don't pay attention to him. He's all for good breeding. Like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> wow! Right. Yeah. And basically, I 
I followed you here, Miss Fern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I know. And she is drunk. Oh, oh she's beyond right. drunk. She's like, oh. yeah. She, actually, I don't, I don't think she would have been this drunk if the actress was actually drunk. Yes. <laughs> like, Mrs. Daigle is beyond drunk. She oh, is, yeah. ugh, it's just, it's not good. She's, she's, cle- still, she's clearly in mourning. But she's still very coherent. <laughs> yeah. She can still put sentences together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She could stand up just fine. Yeah. Um, she uh, she goes after Christine. Says Christine's from higher class, higher society. She right. thinks, thinks Christine's looking down on her. And she she even says that, like, you've even got a high class name, Christine. My name is Hortense. <laughs> right? She starts making fun of herself. Yeah. You know, and how all the other kids made fun of her when she was in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Miss Dangle kind of lays into Miss Miss Fern, too. So, yeah, Hortense goes after Miss Fern. And mm-hmm. and Miss Fern is pretty intimidated by Mrs. Daigle. She clearly yeah. you know, like her her demeanor changes, her posture, her body language completely changes when Mrs. Daigle walks in. Yeah, a lot of liquid courage on Miss Daigle's part. Mm-hmm. And Miss Daigle thinks Miss, Miss thinks Miss Fern knows something. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's that whole thing. Um, and Miss Daigle turns to Christine. I you need to talk to Rhoda about what happened. You know, it. I put that medal on himself. It wouldn't have come off. Something had to right. take that metal off. I always come back to the metal, Oz. That penmanship yeah, metal. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> you think it's yeah. pro- it's it's got to be like the Stanley Cup, where like you know oh, the, re- the, re- the recipient yeah. has their name engraved on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm sure, and all the previous recipients. It's a yeah. very large metal. <laughs> it's 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 17 pounds. Right, and that's probably what made him sink to the bottom of the lake. <laughs> that 17-pound metal. Rhoda ripping it off was actually trying to save him. Mm-hmm. So Mrs. Daigle, she starts screaming that Claude, Claude was better, and we'll leave. So Miss, Miss Fern goes, too. Christ, uh, Christine says, you know, Mrs. Daigle will have to live with this until she dies. And Miss Fern's like, yeah. Until she dies, you could tell Miss Miss Fern is super shaken by this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so she's. I mean, you know, you you picture she's the like the decision. She's got her own school. I mean, it's yeah. Miss Fern's school. You know, so she's the decision maker. Probably lives in her own. I won't say always live in her own little bubble, but I mean, even the way she talked to Christine about, hey, I'm going to tell you about your kid. Like, mm-hmm. this is my role in your child's upbringing. Is I see them through a different lens that you do. I'm going to tell you the truth about this. <clears throat> and very rare. You get the sense very rarely does she actually see what it's like on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, probably doesn't do a lot of home visits. And then when she sees both ends of this, you know, rivalry, uh, you know, the, and show up. I mean, she can she could basically walk all over Christine realizing, that you know, like you said earlier, she's so passive about confrontation and then daigle shows up you know and it's like she's no match uh so yeah she's like you said very visibly shaken and distraught about what just happened well and you got to imagine miss fern is is shaken about what happened as well oh of course yeah yeah exactly on her watch so you know there's a lot of of uh of like mourning going on there's there there everyone is still in a state of shock as well so you no know, she did her part she called the radio station yeah i mean she, <laughs> she clearly made the right initial call literally right i'll let uh, the police let's... tell the parents 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I call K95. <laughs> Talk to the morning zoo crew. Hey, Claude <laughs> Dinkledrown. You're out with Biff and the Monster. <laughs> Hi, it's Miss Fern from Miss Fern School. <laughs> what you got for us, Fernie? Oh, <laughs> we got a kid that fell in the lake. Oh, wet boy in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> Splash! <laughs> and a toilet flush sound. <laughs> it's six past the hour. Go to our website and pick which month was your favorite playmate of the month. <laughs> and also, what do you think of the Dago Boy drowning in the lake? <laughs> Seventh caller gets tickets to see Lip Biscuit. <laughs> Thirteenth caller gets their own penmanship award. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Smooth transition back. Monica arrives because because who who's better to calm down a grieving shock situation than a good old Monica? Aunt Monica. Oh. So she's there. Says something about replacing the stone in the necklace. Uh, Christine goes to get the necklace from Rhoda's jewelry mm-hmm. box. And what does she find along with the necklace, Oz? I believe it was the penmanship award <gasps> tucked un- like underneath the fabric or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with high yep. class, you know, bedroom furniture, but I know uh, jewelry box. Yeah. But yeah, she tucked it underneath. So yeah, she's, She's found the penmanship award that Rhoda stole from Claude Daigle right before he mysteriously fell off the off the pier, mm-hmm. off the wharf, and uh, drowned. And so it's at her Ro- home. Yeah, Rhoda comes back inside, you know, from, was it, you know, just skipping around outside. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> pestering Leroy. Leroy. Christine confronts Rhoda and she kind of slams the metal down on the table. So Christine is finally kind of starting to see some things here. You know, it's, you know, her, uh, her blindness to everything is slowly going away. She she was blinded by the light. She was revved up like a deuce. (laughs) (laughs) Another roller in the night, but she's starting to see the other side now. So yikes. Uh, so Rhoda's upset at first like where did you get that medal but then she quickly collects herself (laughs) who's got the sweetest mother what would you give me for a basket of kisses and I'm like oh I'd push you off the wharf yeah (laughs) so Rhoda denies how it got there she doesn't know she starts. Yeah, she tries. Know. She tries make up a story. It was she, the she, ghost of Claude Daigle. <laughs> yeah, she 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 keeps trying to butter up mom, and mom's like, oh, no, yeah. she's no. Rhoda says she didn't tell Miss Fern the truth because Miss Fern doesn't like her. Hmm. Right. So Ro- turn the tables a little bit. Oh, how yeah. the tables have turned. And and she even says Claude doesn't need the medal anymore. He's dead. Oh, <laughs> just just cold. Ooh. Oh, cold-blooded. Right, right. Like, oh. I've got the prettiest mother, the nicest right. mother. That's what I tell everyone. Right. <laughs> Including oh. Claude as he was falling. <laughs> My mom won't fall for this. She's pretty. Oh. Rhoda was talking about Mrs. Daigle. 
you know, if, <laughs> speaking of cold, oh my, this, this line isn't too relevant to the plot, but like I took it down just because it was so cold. Uh, Daigle before had, had mentioned like, I'm too old to have another child. Yeah. And, and so Rhoda to her mom talking about Mrs. Daigle says, if she wants a bo- another boy so bad, why doesn't she take one out of the orphan's home? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, even, I even typed into my notes. Damn, that's cold. Like, oh, <laughs> like, oh I've got a solution. I have a solution to her problem. If you want another boy, just go to the orphan's home. There you go. Right. Problem you solved. Right. I don't know why you're dragging this out. I mean, there's oh. all kinds of kids that need homes. Yeah. Like, it, for night for a studio film in 1956 to come out of like a child's mouth like I read in the trivia that you know okay and today you see teenagers played by people in their mid to late 20s you know it just happens but like like Patty McCormick who played Rhoda in the movie was 10 and they were like ooh how could we make this 10 year old look like she's eight like yeah that was one of the that was one of the worries is that nobody's going to believe that this 10 year old girl is playing an eight year old girl. And I'm like, <laughs> so they purposely like they, they made her dresses a little bigger, you know, just to make her look a little more unkempt. And I'm mm. like, she's 10. Yeah. You know, like, trust me, no one was going to doubt that she was eight when she's 10. Yeah. You know, she's less than a thousand days older than the, pit, <laughs> you know, than what she's supposed to be. And you're worried. So, but yeah, I mean, it was like, there's some bold choices coming out of the mouth of babes oh, in yeah. this movie. Um, I won't go into detail on this, but uh, Christine, um, is, she's kind of telling a story about uh, like some old landlady they used to live with in Wichita. And yeah, that, yeah. She had a mysterious death because she had an item that she was going to give yeah. to... It's like a snow globe or something. Yeah, yeah basically. She, she prom- Yeah, she promised Rhoda, you can have it when I pass away. Oops, and now she's dead. Yeah. Rhoda oh, has man, it. that didn't take long. Rhoda has it. Mm-hmm. So Rhoda finally admits she lied to Miss Fern, but she's not lying to Mom. Right. And then Christine hugs Rhoda. It, it can't be true. It can't. It can't right. be true. Yeah, it's... Uh, you're seeing, a, yeah, a lot of dramatic performance here in, in terms mm-hmm. of, of Christine, but a realistic situation of... I know now, I now know my child is evil. What do I do? Yeah. Something's clearly up here. Uh, outside, Rhoda's playing with her new tea set. And mm-hmm. who comes up to her but Leroy? You know, yes, because da- daddy's daddy had it sent to her, to his perfect yeah. little daughter. Yep. Leroy claims that, that, uh, she, that Rhoda hit Claude with a stick, and that's how he fell in the water. Yeah. And, you know, Leroy's like, they're going to find your bloody stick in the woods. And he tells her that you can't you can't wash off blood. And Ro- nope, Rhoda kind of nope. freaks out. Yeah, he's like, that's what they got bloodhound for. Mm-hmm. They got blood dogs, so you know that's what they do. Yeah, and yeah, she was definitely playing into her eight year old mentality of like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is this sounds this sounds awful. I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. And she even goes back inside and asks her mom if blood washes off. And Christine is kind of distressed at that, right? <laughs> As she should be. Yeah. Well, it's like, like she knows, like Christine now knows and Rhoda knows that she knows Mm -hmm. and Rhoda's still like, I'm not trying to, I might as well be myself. Yeah. (laughs) Like no point in hiding it anymore. Yeah. 
So the doorbell rings and Reginald Tasker is over for oh, dinner. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm not, again, not going to spend too much time on this one. Thank you. I'm like, yeah. hey, yeah. extra character. Exactly. So basically, uh, Rhoda goes up to Monica's for dinner, I think. And so yeah. th- this guy with no point, he's an, he's another writer. Everybody in this movie, yeah. they're all writers. He yeah. walks in and they're talking about Including like... Including Rhoda, who's second place for her penmanship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With her two-handed writing technique. She, she should have been a better writer. She We could have avoided mm-hmm. this whole situation. So Christine's father, Richard Bravo, best name ever, shows up <laughs> right. as well. And he's also like like a, like a crime writer or whatever. Yeah. And, and they the one thing about the scene that that does kind of kind of stick that did stick with me was the um, kind of the psychology behind it the yes and you know you know is is behavior determined by environment or or heredity you know is it right. nature or nurture you know using using those words right um, and Tasker says that you know these he, he's convinced that it's it's hereditary you know mm. these chi- these kids are very charming but they're bad seeds yeah. He, I wish you would have looked right at the camera when he dropped the titular <laughs> line. But they're bad seeds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they talk about some woman who was very charming to kill her, but she was never caught. Richard looks kind of uncomfortable at that. Uh, Tasker leaves. Christine asks Richard if she's adopted. She won't let that right. go. <laughs> no. Despite only mentioning it once before. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. It's like, hey, Dad. Yeah. Are you my dad. And basically the truth comes out. Yeah, she was adopted. So her, her yeah. instincts were right. She was adopted. Yeah. You were. I found you. <laughs> yeah. Didn't and even like, didn't even necessarily go through the proper channels of adoption. I just. Yeah. Just found you. Yeah. Hey, you want to come live with us? Okay. Yeah. So, okay. so where, where did he find her? He found her at some like crime scene, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out, again, a really long story short, that yeah. Chris Christine had some repressed memories that were coming out in dreams of her trying to, of her being terrified of her mother. And she was like two at the time. Right. And, and it's kind of, in, I'd say maybe implied that this killer that Tasker was talking about was her mother. Right. Yeah. So it's all this is just kind of conveniently surfacing right there that mm-hmm. here comes Tasker who has all this background knowledge on this murderous woman and then here comes Rio who had took in her I called him Rio <laughs> in Texas they call him Rio Bravo well in, in, my, in my head I keep thinking Johnny Bravo <laughs> I remember that too. That, that, that would have been so much better. That was his biological child, was Johnny Bravo. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> nice. Oh, I love Rio Bravo. Oh, Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo. I love all the Bravos. All the Bravo. I love Bravo. The, the channel Bravo. D- I, Dino, Dino Bravo. <laughs> I love Dino Bravo. John Tenta. I love them all. John Tenta. Oh man! So so basically, the, the, that whole like fifteen minute scene was: is it environment or is it hereditary? Right. Yet, yes, you're adopted, and your mom was probably a killer. Right. And I happened to be investigating it all when I was on the scene, and that's when I found you, and I just smuggled you in my coat and took mm-hmm. you home. I guess raised yeah. you as my own. Oh, daddy. Yeah. So now, oh, so now Christine is really flipping out. Yeah. Because. Yeah, she- the pieces are coming together. Well, and it, but at the same time, they're all coming apart. Like, yeah. her her world is being destroyed. Yes. And yet all of this new information is filling in these cracks of like, oh my gosh, murder could be hereditary. Mm-hmm. And I have a daughter 
And my mom's a murderer? And oh my god, no! Well, I mean, everybody knows murderer skips a generation, so... Yeah, yeah, it does. It's in the genes. It's like a, it's like the mutant gene. <laughs> well, they are... At, at Miss Fern School for at, Gifted Children. For, yeah, for Gifted Children, yeah. So, uh, Richard leaves, whatever, and Rhoda's trying to sneak something by Christine. Mm-hmm. And, like, what's what's behind your back? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Tur- turns out it's a pair of, of very thick sold shoes that have blood on them mm-hmm. and she goes to take them and and uh, Rhoda just freaks out like she's shrieking at her mother and you get the impression that's probably the first time Rhoda had kind of let her guard down to that point with Christine right and just shrieking and Rhoda admits it I did it it was Claude's fault yeah. he didn't he wouldn't give me the medal yeah she was taking the shoes to the incinerator to burn them yeah because when he was trying to climb out uh, i was smacking his hands yeah with the, you know with my tap shoes yeah i left these like like was it like half moon crescents is how yeah. they described it yeah was and i gotta get of the rid shoes. of the evidence yeah so christine orders rhoda to burn the shoe so christine's now just fully yeah yeah I, i'm on i'm on board i gotta protect my yeah i gotta protect you well because now she's worried about the truth of her upbringing coming out you know, yeah. now that she knows, anybody, if this were to come out about Rhoda and people dig too far, they'd find out that, yeah, my mom was this famous murderer that got away with it. Yeah. And the scene ends with uh, Rhoda upset about the thought of Christine giving the medal back to Miss Fern. Yeah. Because that's the priority right now. Yeah. So it is. For the, the whole plot of this movie hinges on who, who mm-hmm. owns that medal. <laughs> so the next day, Rhoda's playing outside and there's... There's Leroy. He's there. He tell he's, he he tells her that she's gonna get the electric chair. They got a little blue chair for boys and a little pink chair for girls. <laughs> the more this movie went on, I really do enjoy his character. Cause oh he's yeah, just yeah. So, he's just so dastardly. Yeah. But you know he's serious, but at the same time he's just having fun. Uh-huh. With with a brat, like yeah, he's teasing this brat, and he that's where he's getting his joy. Yeah. Um, not realizing that he's actually poking a pretty dangerous bear. Yeah. But he's also the only one that gets it. He's yeah, the only he gets one that it. sees right through her because Well, he even says she to, is he him. even says yeah, he even says to himself that of like, yeah, I think, you know, you and I have a lot, you know, she and yeah. I have a lot in common. Yeah. It's he a, also hates Claude Daigle. <laughs> he also wants that penmanship <laughs> medal. Yeah. <laughs> Later Leroy finds a shoe in the incinerator. Mm-hmm. Uh, back inside, Rhoda hears the ice cream man and wants a popsicle, and um, she was it. She get, goes to take some money from the table or whatever. And she takes some matches with her. Right. Yeah. Because they had also previously found out that uh, Leroy was sleeping on some like accelerant down in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, he he's been collecting the Excelsior from packaging, mm-hmm. and Rhoda Rhoda knows it. She knows yeah. he he sleeps down there. And then the tea set that dad sent to her was packed in Excelsior. And so mom told Rhoda to get rid of it all. So, you know, Leroy took it and, you know, repatted his nest. <laughs> behind like the, the radiator or whatever. Yeah, I know. He's like behind the furnace downstairs yeah. or something. And so that happens. And then Mrs. Daigle shows up again and asks to see the perfect little lady who last saw Claude. Mm-hmm. So Rhoda, she's still plastered. Oh yeah, she's yeah, she's dr- still drunk. And so Rhoda walks in, and Mrs. Daigle confronts Rhoda, 
and like sits mm-hmm. her down on the couch. And at first, I put in my notes, why aren't Christine or Monica stopping this? So right. They, they allow Mrs. Daigle to start like questioning her, and and Monica within a few moments pulls Roto away and, and takes her upstairs. But like, whoa, that was like, yeah, like that you're went not on gonna... entirely entirely too long. Even yeah. go starting is entirely too long, mm-hmm. especially when Christine knows the truth. And she's, like, on Rhoda's side of, like, covering it up. Like, why would you even allow this to occur? Yeah. Mrs. Daigle yells at Christine. She says that I spoke with a lifeguard, and it was Rhoda. Like, like this person yeah. knows that he saw Calls Rhoda. her out. Like, she's in a little yeah. dress and pigtails. Yeah. Mr. Daigle comes by to grab Mrs. Daigle, and Monica comes back with sleeping pills for Christine. Uh, and so all of these things are happening like within moments yeah. of each other and then they hear a man calling for help Oz as Rhoda just yeah. ca- casually walks in at the same time right and she is this where she goes to play piano yeah this is this is and, I think and my she's just scene like the hammering the keys like yeah and it gets faster and faster yeah oh, it's, it's, she's, a, it's a great she, scene yeah really she's playing louder and louder fast like to the point where you're like you go, girl. Like I, you've been playing this song all day, but man, you know, you're like Chopin in there. You got some chops. She's getting better. So as Rhoda's playing the piano in the background, you see smoke outside the window, and you mm-hmm. see a couple of guys run to this like exterior cellar door, and it's locked. And yeah. there's Sony on the inside banging, and it's Leroy. The piano's playing faster and faster. And Christine and Monica are just watching from the window, and they basically they don't you don't see it on camera, but you watch Christine's reaction. To like Leroy or Leroy, whatever, like yeah. getting like like running out of the cellar and and collapsing yeah. dead yeah. on the lawn, yeah, like right out the window, yeah. As Rhoda just keeps hammer, you know, yeah. tickling the ivories. <laughs> so later, Christine's reading to, to Rhoda, and you know, Rhoda asks Christine for the medal, and Christine says she dropped it in the water. I, I put it back in the yeah. pond. Like yeah, we can't, I took it back. We can't keep this here. Um, and Rhoda says that Leroy had her shoes. That's why she did it. So she basically admits to Mom she killed yeah, Leroy. Right, yeah. It's like, I can trust you now, Mom. Yeah. Yeah, I, kill, I killed Leroy because he he figured it out. Yeah. He had my shoes. So Christine gives Rhoda sev- several vitamins. Yeah, yeah here. <laughs> got some vitamins for you, kiddo. Yeah. And, and as Rhoda's fallen asleep... You know, she tells Rhoda she's her daughter, which kind of infers Christine's struggles with, like, you know, her own identity now and her own yeah, heredity. Right. Um, then Christine shoots herself. I know. Just, just like of, that. Like, she, yeah. she walks into like, another room and you just hear bang. Like, whoa. Yeah. She it just, was, yeah, just gave her daughter a handful of sleeping pills as vitamins. Yeah. So you're trying to, she's trying to kill her daughter, which you, I mean, not justified, but you could understand her reasoning of, yeah. If anybody's going to take her out, it's got to be me because I know the truth. But then, yeah, and now, you know, I guess she's lived up to lived up to her hereditary. I get her to her genetic sequencing. Yeah. I'm this, like oh, I'm a murderer now. This scene caught me about as off guard as what's her name from Legends of the Fall, just like yeah, going crazy and just out of nowhere shooting herself. Right. Yeah, it was. It was just. It. Yeah, I, I agree. It, I mean, it, it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything leading you to believe that it was going to happen. And then, uh, and then, then there it bang. is. Yeah. Yeah. Cuts to two days later at the hospital. Kenneth is there. You know, all the other kind of sub sub players are there. Yeah. 
Uh, they do the thing where Kenneth walks up to the doctor and says, it's been two days. Which, <laughs> it's like, ugh. I hate it when movies do that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 I'm sure the doctor knows it's been two days, but the audience and, doesn't. And, right. And I'm, and, and I'm sure the doctor has probably kept you updated over those two days. Yeah. It's not like you've been sitting in, shrouded in mystery <laughs> for 48 hours of your wife being in a coma. Yeah. So, Christine is still alive, and Monica reveals that Rhoda overdosed from sleeping pills, but is also still alive. And right. She, she comes Be, skipping yeah. in. Yep, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if it weren't for the gunshot that would have alarmed Monica, Mon- then Rhoda would have died. Yeah. <laughs> but they got to Mon- they got to Rhoda because of the gunshot. So it, you know, pun in- pun unintended. It really backfired on Christine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as so... you know, her plot to get rid of Rhoda failed because of her own issue, because of her own yeah. stormtrooper aim. Yeah, so Richard, you know, the the adopted father kind of pulls yeah. the doctor aside at the end and is like, has, has she said anything? Has she muttered anything? And doctor's like, well, she said something about the bad seed. Yeah. So we, we cut to Kenneth back at home tucking in Rhoda. And <laughs> Kenneth says that Monica told Rhoda she could have her lovebird. Yeah, I know. Well, totally setting this up. Yeah, yeah so like, so Monica is going to give Rhoda her bird, you know, whenever Monica passes away. And just so happens the next day, they're going to go sunbathing on the roof together. Yeah, I know. It was like, <laughs> come on. It's just so ham-fisted, yeah. this, you know, this this final little blurb of like, uh-oh, yeah. I bet she's going to kill her. <laughs> but of course, movie ends and we never find out. Yeah. So, so we end with, uh, Kenneth falls asleep. Rhoda puts on a raincoat, grabs a flashlight, goes out into the storm, walks down the sidewalk to the pier, grabs a a a, a fishing net with a long metal pole on it, right in the middle of this big electrical storm, and she's trying to fish the metal out, Oz. And yeah, instead she and gets God, and God's had enough. Yeah, he smite he smites <laughs> her right there. <laughs> it's like she's a like she's a Spinal Tap drummer. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Only she's not replaced by Joe Mama back. No, no. She doesn't spontaneously combust. She's yeah. blown up, but yeah. There's no little green globule left. No, no. Not on her drumstick. No. So she's but dead. Yeah, she's, Lightning hits she's her. She's dead. She's gone. Yeah, that's right. Roll credits. Only, only, right, only God can relieve the world of Rhoda. Oh, and that's it. That's the bad scene. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, it is kind of a cute little ending because after they end, then they... Because this was a stage performance mm-hmm. first, and the entire cast was the stage actors, that they they kind of do a curtain call. And yeah, they I bring like them that. all out. And I wish, I yeah, wish I more. Did. It, it, I wish more I know, movies did it that. Was, it was fun. It was cute. They bring them all out. They introduce them, and then right at the end, you know, when the, after they re- introduce everybody, Christine, they cut to Christine and Rhoda. She's got her bent over her lap and is spanking her. Like, yeah, should have been doing that from the beginning. Yeah, a little uh, discipline goes a long way. <laughs> so that that's 1956's The Bad Seed. So yeah. at this point in the show, Oz and I give our own unique rating to the movie we've been discussing. Oz, how would you rate The Bad Seed? Oh, I give this eight handles of whatever Mrs. Daigle was drinking. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> well, she probably had at least that. She was... Yeah. yeah. She was... Yeah. 
both both appearances she was yes. quite toasty sheets to the wind uh, yes uh, my rating um, of the bad seed gets 666 penmanship medals <laughs> you know I'll tell you I purposely was like what can I what can I rate this that is going to stay away from something that you might rate this so Aww. I wanted to stay away from penmanship medals because you know uh, I would so go there yeah, I, I had a feeling, so I'm like, I'm going to go whatever Miss Daigle's drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as we start to wrap the show up, Oz and I will get to the three two ones where we each share three goods, two bads, and one, huh, from the movie we just watched. Oz, what are your three goods for 1956's The Bad Seed? Uh, my first good, I, you know, I really like the boundary pushing made by the filmmakers. You know, you have a murderous child in a 50s movie. Like, you're talking about an era in film where, like, they don't even show toilets in films yet. Like, mm -hmm. Psycho was, like, the first toilet in a movie. Like, first flushing toilet in a movie. And that wasn't for, like, another decade, you know? Uh, and so, to have something like this greenlit... Um, you know, is pretty awesome for a studio film in the fifties, mm -hmm. and it was and it was a hit. Yeah, um, you know, it it went over very well, and so it's just kind of cool to see. You know, generationally, not a whole lot's changed. You know, people still will pack the seats for a horror film, even though this, by today's standards, is nowhere near scary. Um, it's still a very well made film, uh, and it was fun to watch. There were some you know, parts here and there, but nothing really detracted from it. And, you know, and it, it was just, it was a good movie, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so I really, that's my first good is, you know, pushing those boundaries, um, you know, cause it's, it's a drama. This definitely plays up like a drama. You're not seeing any, you know, there's no gore. There's actually no violence, you know, it's all off screen, but it's, it's very well done and, and good for them to, to push those boundaries. My second good is, um, you know, Patty McCormick's performance. Yeah. Here's a 10-year-old girl that, um, you know, is she's very affluent in her acting ability. And you, in watching her performance, you really dislike Rhoda. Like, you're led down a path. You're like, you see as an audience member uh, how manipulative and conniving she is. And it's, and it's just disgusting. And so, you know, kudos to Patty McCormick. Uh, for you know, for bringing that to the mm -hmm. performance, but she does if a good. She was, she, yeah, she, so she's like a like a good professional wrestling heel. Like she's good at getting the audience yes, to boo you. Yes, yes, yes. And if she wasn't, if honestly, without her performance, the movie would have fallen apart. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then my third good is uh, drunk acting. I love. I've always enjoyed uh, actors who act drunk and they are bad at it. And Hortense <laughs> is a terrible drunk actress as her drunk character. Um, you know, some others that pop up as like Julia Stiles and 10 things I hate about you. Terrible drunk actress. Um, you know, so I do, I just enjoy it when there's actors and actresses in movies that are supposed to be playing a drunk character or a portion of the, you know, a scene they're supposed to be drunk and they just can't do it. Um, either that's when, because that's they, when you just got to go method and just, I know that's just it. It's like, just let her be drunk. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking that I'm like, you would have gotten obviously a realistic performance if you just let her be drunk, 
like just just on the verge, not blackout drunk, because yeah. you still wanted to be able to deliver. <laughs> you know? What do you think, Hortense? But, what do you, I said, what do you think, Hortense? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but just to the point where she could still, you know, stay in character, but give an accurate performance because mm-hmm. this was way over the top and very enjoyable. Uh, those are my three goods. How about you? Uh, my three goods. Uh, I really enjoyed the first scene uh, or a scene earlier in the movie with Christine, Miss Fern, uh, Mrs. Daigle and Mr. Daigle, despite some of the overacting from, mm-hmm. from the Mrs. D- from the actress playing Mrs. Daigle. I loved how like characters would enter the scenes and leave the scene. And it was, again, the movie is based on a play and it's really obvious it's based on a play. Yeah. But you know, there was a couple of scenes in this movie that, that drug, and I'm sure those will come up here in a moment when we get to the bads, but there was also a couple of scenes that, um, dis- despite the length, uh, I thought it made the most of every moment there, and that was one of them. So I, I really enjoyed uh, that that initial scene where like things are really starting to pick up the pace here. Uh, mm-hmm. My second was, and I'm going to go a little more specific with Patty McCormick, her eyebrow acting. <laughs> Patty McCormick's eyebrow acting. <laughs> when the eyebrows are up, she's sweet. She's mama mima. And when the eyebrows are down, she's, yeah, she's the bad seed. So, um yeah, she, yeah. It's just that little nuance in her performance. I, I really, really enjoyed uh, how she would just kind of turn on a dime. She's like and the here, people's here. champion. She's like the people's champ of, of yeah, eyebrow acting. Yeah, she is. Yeah, eyebrow acting. It's, 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 it's Patty the Rock McCormick. There you go. <laughs> she, she gave the rock bottom to uh, to Claude Daigle. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's how right. she stayed down. You should have seen what she did to Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> she gave the people's elbow. That's right. She's the most electrifying entertainer, or you know, most electrifying athlete in sports entertainment. And then she used the That's electricity it. to burn up Leroy. <laughs> or, and then God used it to burn her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last good would be um, that um, actually during the Leroy death scene, the piano. Oh, that was great. Oh, yeah. Tension. Um, like, yeah. She, she walks back in just as there's smoke billowing outside and there's a man screaming, what is going on? And she just coolly and calmly walks yep. in and goes to her piano. And as Christine and Monica are freaking out trying to make sense of what's happening, the piano just goes faster and faster and louder and louder. Oh, that ten- tension was so great. Love that song. What's, what, what song do you think, if they were to license any song from now on back, take out that piano... What song do you think they could have licensed to fit in that piano thing um, to not even necessarily drop the same message, but to just get the point across? Oh, man, that's that's <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I would I would. I would what do you what do you think, license. guys? I would have if I were in charge, I would have licensed uh, BTO's taking care of business. <laughs> I think that would... <laughs> you, know, you you remake this like in the. 80s then she goes back to her room and puts bachman turner overdrive taking care of business into her boom box and that that's playing instead because that's what she did she took care of business he was a threat and i neutralized that threat <laughs> i think i'm gonna go with the uh, two tribes by frankie goes to hollywood <laughs> when two <laughs> tribes go to war bonnie's both and you can there you score. go that, that'll work too sure there we go well, frankie goes to hollywood why not there you go <laughs> so oz what are your two bads for the bad seed uh my two bads one and it's it is what it is but um this movie definitely demonstrated the difference between being a film actor and being a stage actor 
mm-hmm. um, when because they have employed stage actors to be film actors, and it and it just it feels different. Um, you know, even compared to contemporary movies of the time, you know, you're watching other movies of the era. This just, you know, from I like I told you pre-show. I didn't realize so I was reading the trivia that they brought all of the stage actors over to reprise their roles in the film because it definitely shows and it definitely feels that way. You know, you really on stage, you really have to emote mm-hmm. your your drama because you don't have the reliability of camera angles yep. and, you know, musical scores and things to really drive how you want your audience to feel. So you have to add all that to your performance and that's what they all were doing in their performance. Christine was extremely dramatic. Um, you know, Monica, you know, was chewing up the scenery. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, Miss Daigle, um, you know, she was she was doing the same. And <laughs> she, so, she was I'm drink not... she was drinking up the scenery. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Full meal of scenery going on. And so I I wouldn't say that any of the performances were necessarily awful or bad, but they were definitely uh, stage dramatic. Um, and so, I mean, I, I'd put it in that category just cause it did make the movie feel a little off, not bad, but just off because, you know, you, you eventually got used to it, but early on you were like, this, these guys act like they're on stage. Well, it's cause they were on stage, mm-hmm. uh, you know, originally. Um, so that's my first bad. My second is, um, you know, while I felt all the scenes had a point, so they were just they were long boy some of these scenes were long um you know this mm-hmm. movie clocks in at over two hours um you know it any longer they would have needed an intermission <laughs> for their yeah. play uh and so i just felt like some of these scenes especially some of the lengthier ones like early on when monica's talking about freud and the books and yeah. then later on when tasker and bravo were there i just feel they could have gotten to the point much quicker than they did mm-hmm. um you know and, and so i do think everything everything was in there for a reason you know uh they all served a purpose but just a little long in the tooth yeah. to pad the runtime. i would agree with that completely in those two scenes in particular yeah 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 so what about you what are your two bads uh mine it's it's a little more it's not so much about the film it's just some of the things about the film um mm-hmm. just monica's in, indulgement of Rhoda. <laughs> yeah. Like, ugh. I mean, it's, again, I get what they're doing with the Monica character. Yeah. Again, I don't think it detracted from the film. It's just that sort of personality type and those sort of actions to me are just nails on a chalkboard. Great. Yeah, they're grading yeah. as well. Yeah. And just that indulging and and it just, it led, it, I don't know if led, but it enhanced Rhoda's just sense of entitlement and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was just every time Monica walked on the screen, it's like, ugh, like here she goes, Monica. And that's not even getting to the overacting of it, but yeah. No. And my other, my other bad again. This is not so much a bad about the film. It's just this is a literal bad thing. Um, I'm pretty sure that um, Rhoda has antisocial personality disorder, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is. You know, and any anything in the personality disorder family, uh, yeah, like that's real stuff right there. Um, yeah, like that's not something that someone like you know picks up. Like that, it is kind of hereditary in, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you <laughs> yeah, you don't develop that. Yeah, 
Yeah, you don't you don't grow into that. That's not circumstantial that that happens. So, you know, not, not that there isn't treatment for that, uh, but yeah, there's just she's there's no remorse, there's no empathy, and those are the two hallmarks of antisocial personality disorder. And if that's what they were going for with the film, I, I guess you know they nailed that. But oof, yeah, that... you you would you would know more than I do. Like was was that level of knowledge of psychological disorders? I mean, was that was that knowledgeable and prevalent back in the fifties or even, you know, late forties or whatever? Um, or have they not, have they not yet like uncovered that? I don't know. To, I, to that diagnosis level. Sure. Off the top of my head. I don't, I don't remember when the DSM first started getting published. Um, the treatment of, of just mental health in general in the fifties was awful. Like, like they'd be doing, you know, they would go to like electroshock therapy and things okay, like that. Yeah. Um, as far as the identification of like antisocial personality disorder, I don't know where in the his in the mental health history books, you know, that was pegged as a thing. Right. Um, so I can't directly answer your question. But but even but, if they pegged it, the way they fixed it was either electrocute you or give you a lobotomy. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So <laughs> even if they even if they were aware of it, they didn't know how to you know, like you said, there's no cure, but they definitely were going very very visceral in their treatment yes that's well well put so Oz, what's your one huh from the bad seed um again this one falls in something you might be able to provide a little more insight to than i would but my huh is so murder's genetic now like <laughs> that sucks uh you know as as generation after generation come to fruition um like i guess you're just if you're going to be a murderer, you could trace it to your lineage. It's, uh, it's not my fault my family has a history of murderers. <laughs> I did. Hey, I tried not to murder the guy, but it was destined. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my genes told me to. Well, and it's and it's like, because you could you could say up up until the very end, Christine was not even thinking about like like you said earlier she was so avoidant she she avoided violence and mm. you know very you know standoffish about that type of atmosphere but it's like once she found out that she was adopted and her mother may have been a killer all right i guess you know, i could i could try and murder my daughter now that's fine mm -hmm. like it's in my dna <laughs> i haven't thought about it until now that i know but now that i know here's some vitamins rota yeah, like, <laughs> enjoy. Here's some Flintstones. And that explains and that explains chewables. Rhoda. Yeah, yeah, and that explains Rhoda's behavior. Well, her grandmother was a murderer, so therefore, of course, of, of course she's. And even though Rhoda doesn't know that about her grandmother, yeah, that's what we're gonna chalk it up to. <laughs> is murder is hereditary. Grandma also had blonde pigtails too, and <laughs> and wore a dress. Yeah, and hated Claude Daigle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like most things, it's not an either or. You know, it's no, it's know. it's all of the above. Um Right. You know, it's it's a little of this, it's a little of that. Of course heredity can play a factor, environment plays a factor. Yeah, it's it's all of the above. You know, they're just right. circumstance sometimes. You know, like yeah, it but to say <laughs> yeah, to say that well, grandma was a murderer, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, kiddo. Here's your gun. Let's, yeah. let's get it, just get it over with. It's like they're the Sawyer family in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Like you're, you know, the Saws family. Here's, uh, your, here's your skin face. Right. So what's your huh? My huh is um, 
Uh, I had a couple here. Let's go with something I mentioned at the beginning. Leroy just lets himself in. Like, I think th- th- that's becoming like the unofficial theme of, of this month is characters yeah. just letting themselves into other people's homes. Yep. <laughs> I get he's the handyman and it's his job to to maintain the property and maintain the building. But like, he just walks in. And Monica, and, you know, Monica she, she does did, ride him for it. Yeah, she did scold yeah. him for it. But like, here I am. He just lets himself right. in. She's just like, like, did the... you even knock first? If you knock and no one answers, then you can come in. Like, what? Still? <laughs> this cre- creepy old dude uh... <laughs> so I'll, some... I'll, I'll throw out my own garbage thank you yeah that's that's my huh that's your huh what was your other huh my my other huh was i also mentioned this earlier when uh, mrs daigle was kind of accosting rhoda like why didn't christine oh. or monica like prevent Stop that it. from happening in the first yeah. place right like no you're not you're you're completely inebriated you're not talking with my eight-year-old daughter <laughs> right oh yeah it was it was uncomfortable watching that you know just mm-hmm. seeing her lash out because like i know you're drunk but you're still an adult yeah and she's still a kid even if she did murder your son <laughs> like yeah well and it's just like the mom didn't stop it from happening right like, yeah she just be like mom oh. like protect your yeah. kid right she was still so. very standoff to you know say no to violence at that point of the movie though yeah <laughs> she's just gonna go in the other room <laughs> get a drink yeah so yeah that was 1956's the bad seed that's right week two uh-huh. in the books uh you know what we got for next week what do we got oz we have got what could possibly be everybody's go-to when mm-hmm. it comes to movie about creepy kids uh we're gonna go with stephen king's children of the corn Yes. Uh, 1980-something. Peter Horton. um, Sprint everywhere. Yes. (laughs) Peter Horton. uh, I just watched Terminator last night. Linda Hamilton. There we go. Linda Hamilton. Lisa was in my head, and I'm like, it's not Lisa something. Linda Hamilton. Uh, Yeah, their their vehicle. Um, I have seen this more times than I can count. Uh, And I remember seeing it very young. Like... I remember seeing it when I was an impressionable youth. I'm sure it was on HBO or something. And I mm-hmm. was, I remember being pretty freaked out. Um, well, especially growing up in a so, rural town like that too. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so we're going to, we're going to take a, take a stab at uh, Children of the Corn. The first one, not one of the 18 sequels that have come, <laughs> you know, not, not Children of the Corn 666 or Urban Harvest or whatever. <laughs> like they, Urban got Harvest. These, I believe there is an Urban Harvest. Let me check real quick. Uh, Children of the Corn Harvest Fest. Right. Um, Urban <laughs> Harvest. Uh, yep, Children, Children of the, the Corn. corn. Children right. of the Corn 3. Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest. Mm-hmm. It's got I a think, four point two. <laughs> I think that that's the name of my local farmers market. Yeah, ur- urban harvest. <laughs> Ur- urban harvest. Two brothers connected to the murderous children's cult of Gatlin, Nebraska, are taken to Chicago by an adoptive couple. Hilarity ensues. Uh, that's right. Uh, no one of note is in the. Uh... Yep, no one. I'm looking at the cast, and uh, no one. <laughs> I no, reckon... Not like not when, like, when the... not like it. Go ahead. When the when the first actor's name on IMDb pops up, 
the first actor in the cast, like the lead, and and his image is the like no photo available. <laughs> <laughs> like just a little gray silhouette. <laughs> yeah, it was the gray silhouette with the white Ooh. background. You know Ooh. you're in for a yeah. classic film. So, no, we will be watching the first one, uh, Children of the Corn, the original. Um, night, I didn't even look. Night, it's 1980-something. So, 84? Yeah, Peter Horton, something like that. I, it, I, I think that sounds right. Yeah, Peter Horton, Linda Hamilton. Um, it, I, it's... I, I it's a it's a guilty pleasure movie of mine. It is not good. If you've seen it and you're watching or listening to the show and you've seen it, we're talking about Children of the Corn next week. It's not a good movie, it's but it's fun. fun. It's fun. It's yeah. fun. It's fun. I feel bad for every redheaded kid I knew growing up <laughs> because in my head I'm like, oh, you're Malachi. Oh, you look at you. You're Malachi. Um, and no, that's not true. You're not Malachi, Curtis. Oh, you're you're Curtis. Well, I'm only half, 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 I'm only half Malachi. Right. You're Malacurtis. <laughs> that works. <laughs> Malacurtis. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're catching next week on week three of chill, creepy kids and movies. Children of the corn. Um, and I don't think it's going to be hereditary. I don't think the murder in this upcoming film is going to be hereditary. Probably not. I could probably. I could probably write the plot and my three, two, ones without even watching the movie again. <laughs> I've seen it that many times. Um, so, you got anything to throw us out with? No, no, it's just fun talking about the bad seed. Looking forward to Children of the Corn. Yep, uh, you know where to catch us, hopefully on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Join Patreon, catch us on YouTube, your favorite podcast app, etc., etc., uh, do all the things that we ask you to do every week and uh, like, subscribe, review, comment, you know, whatever. Uh, we appreciate it. But bottom line, we just enjoy talking about movies each week and we hope you enjoy listening to us, to us talk about movies each week. Um, I'm, I like our format. I like how we we talk to each other, but we're also talking to the listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts where they're just talking to each other and... I always feel a little weird, like I'm eavesdropping on somebody else's conversation. No, no, we we, uh, we invite the listener in to join yes, us. Please join us. So, um, but yeah, that's what we got coming up. And like I've been texting you all week, I've just my brain has been rolling out future month themes. And so, <laughs> yes, yes, you have. I've and and uh, it, a lot of times, like I'll just I'll come across a movie or something that I've seen, or and I'll think like, how could I fit that in? Um, you know, like I know my wife is a huge fan of Urban Legend, or Urban Legend, Urban Cowboy, uh, with John Travolta. Urban Urban Harvest. <laughs> right. I got Children of the Corn three on the brain, uh, and so I'm like, oh, I should try to figure out a way that we could get Urban Cowboy in. I'm like, Urban Cowboy, that's an oxymoron. Let's do a month of oxymoronic titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm like, that just sounds like fun. Um, well, I so, mean, we yeah, are I, on the I, way to twenty thousand episodes. Twenty thousand. We're at twenty four. It was. It doesn't really feel that long ago when we just finished episode twenty. Like it was a month ago, mm-hmm. and I made the first like on our way to twenty thousand, and, and like now we're another month in. Another month in. So and another two and more. Another, another movie closer <laughs> to twenty thousand. Yeah, two two weeks, and we're halfway through a year. I know. So I think this is. I think this is real. It is. Um, we are established. We should. We should probably start talking about merch. Yeah. <laughs> magnets and buttons and t-shirts and hats mm-hmm. and totes yeah and yeah koozies and radio towels we do radio spots pens mm-hmm. 
Who, who wants a pen? Pa Practice your about, pen. Let's talk about flicks the pen. <laughs> right? It's all modeled Dude, after Spaceballs merch. Exactly. They're, they're fake yeah, exactly. merch. <laughs> we'll, we'll take a Transformers coloring book and just retitle it. Let's talk about Flicks the coloring book. Let's talk about <laughs> Flicks the flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So for another week, let's talk about Flicks. I'm Oz. I'm Curtis. And we will see you next week when we talk about Children of the Corn. Stay tuned.